developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Top story, the arrest of Jesus of Nazareth. There is a mob outside the city gate heading this way. I'm asking you to do something hard, not only to love God and your neighbors, but to love everyone. He's a fake. Don't listen to him. Don't you get it? Jesus risks the lives of all of us. Wouldn't it be better if one man died instead of our entire nation? Are you king of the Jews? That is what you say. We are back live in Jerusalem for the crucifixion of Jesus of Nazareth. Good morning. We are live over the tomb where Jesus of Nazareth was buried. The tomb had been sealed up to prevent entry, but it is now open and the body is missing. Previously on Top Story Tonight, Jesus. What's going on here? So the video's gone viral showing this guy, Jesus, just destroying the money-changing tables outside the temple. Oh, wow. John the Baptist is dead. (gasps) Rachel, Jesus is dangerous. Caiaphas, is that your plan? To have Jesus killed? I'd like to hear this. God loves this world so much, he has sent his only son here, and anyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And now, part three, a not-so-good Friday. Good Friday morning, Judea, and thank you for joining us very early this morning. Top story, the arrest of Jesus of Nazareth. You're looking at live aerial coverage over the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus has just been taken into custody by soldiers and men sent by the chief priest. He was arrested in the pre-dawn hours on charges of blasphemy and treason. Let's go to Sky Chopper News 10, where Livia has the latest. Livia. Thank you, Fabula. It, it all began less than an hour ago when the arresting officers came into the garden, led by one of Jesus' followers, a man named Judas Iscariot. Uh, we're told Jesus had been praying here overnight as some of his disciples slept. There are reports he was praying so intensely he began to sweat blood. Did Jesus know he was going to be arrested? Perhaps. We've been monitoring the at Disciple Twitter account. A, a few tweets overnight refer to Jesus praying to the God of the Jews, whom he refers to as Father, including, quote, Father, if you are willing to take this cup away from me, but it is not my will but yours that must be done. Cup? What cup? I think he means the fate that awaits him. Thanks, Liv. Meantime, we have team coverage on the ground with Romulus reporting at the garden and Remus in the city where Jesus had supper with his closest followers last night. Rom, let's start with you. It's getting chippy here, Fab. Judas, the man who sold out Jesus to authorities, led the guards right to him and identified Jesus for the cops by giving him a kiss. A kiss? Wait, he's coming by now. Jesus, Jesus! Leave my lord alone! 
That guy has a sword. Uh... Ah! <gasps> Fab, one of Jesus' followers has cut off the ear of a man here arresting him. Peter, put away that sword. I must do what the Father has asked of me. Come here. Jesus is now reaching for the wounded man's head where his ear is missing, and... 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 I'm not quite sure what happened, but the man has been healed. His... he... his ear is back. You all come to arrest me with your swords and staves as if I were a bandit. Day after day, I was with you in the temple, and you never laid a finger on me. But this is your hour, and the power of darkness is yours. Jesus, Jesus, where are they taking you? Judas, where are you guys going? Hey, why aren't you following Jesus? They're running for the hills. The guards grabbed one by his shirt, but he's slipping out of it and running off. He's almost naked. The scene is just incredible. Let's toss it over to Remus, who is already inside the city where Jesus is now headed. Thanks, Rom. Pandemonium here outside the home where Jesus and his 12 followers had what may turn out to be their last supper together. Despite the ban on indoor dining by Pilate, the governor of Judea, many of his disciples posted photos on their Instagram accounts during the meal. This photo, from at Sons of Zebedee, shows everyone having a good time at first, using what looks like a halo filter on. Let me see. Yeah, everyone has a halo, except Judas. And in this photo from at Matthew, you can see Judas clutching a bag of money and tipping over the salt shaker. A very agitated scene. Joining me now is the owner of his house. Sir, what is your name? Abraham. How did you get away with letting about a dozen people not in the same household dine indoors? The governor has banned that until we bend the curve. Yeah, but the governor ate at the French laundry. Total hypocrite. True. So, what happened? Well, Passover is a very holy week for us, and I was preparing my home for the special meal we have, when two men showed up and said, The master says my time is near. I am going to keep the Passover with my disciples at your house. Did you know who they were talking about? I had a pretty good idea. Everyone this week has been talking nonstop about Jesus of Nazareth. I was honored that such a celebrity would choose my home. So of course I said yes, and I gave them the upper room. But when they arrived, it was very strange. How? Well, even though Jesus is the lead guy, he took off his cloak and got a basin of water and washed and dried the feet of all of his buddies. Like a servant? Exactly! Like a servant! It'd be like having Kanye cleaning your floors, you know? Then what? They had the meal, but he said the most incredible thing while blessing of the food. I was just outside the doorway, and I saw him hold up the bread and say, This is my body. His body? That's what he said. This is my body, broken for you. And that's not all. Then he picked up the wine and said... This is my blood Whoa. shed for you. And he told them to always remember him whenever they eat or drink anything. That sounds odd. It was. And then things got very uncomfortable. Jesus told his followers one of them was going to betray him. They totally freaked out. The big guy Peter said he would never betray Jesus. But Jesus told Peter he would deny knowing him three times before sunrise. Peter was with Jesus in the garden just moments ago. Yes, but he wasn't the guy Jesus said would betray him. He said it would be Judas. He was right. What do you know about Judas? Only that he's their treasurer. 
He handles their expenses. Anyhow, it got really heated all of a sudden, to the point where Jesus finally shouted at Judas, go do what he had to do. And Judas left. What happened after that? I overheard Jesus give some final thoughts. He, he said something like, love one another, as I have loved you. He said, this is how everyone would know they are his disciples, if they love one another. Was that it? Um, let me think. No. Now I remember. He said he would only be with them for a little while longer, that they couldn't follow where he was going. And then he said something like he would rise and see them again in Galilee. Rise? Rise how? I don't know. What happened after that? They sang a hymn and left. Abraham, thank you. We appreciate your time. Thank you. Fabula? <laughs> An incredible end to an incredible week here in Jerusalem. Indeed, we will continue our live coverage as the most famous man in Israel has gone from first to worst. Back after this. It's Jane Wells again with some historical context. Jesus was taken into custody by the religious authorities, not the Romans. But only Rome could order an execution. Here's Professor Warren Carter. Everything in the, in the ancient world, everything in the world of the Gospels is Rome. And everybody knows that. And so you don't have to point it out at every sentence. Or when we read in the Gospels about um, the Jerusalem leaders, the chief priests, the scribes, Pharisees, uh, or those sorts of folks, you don't have to have a sidebar that says, uh, folks, just remember, these are not just religious people. These are societal leaders. It's a power dynamic that Josephus writes about in the first century. Josephus talks about the chief priests as the leaders of Jerusalem. They're not just religious figures, but they're in power because Rome says so. Rome has sanctioned them. Um, This was a pretty typical uh, way that Rome exercised power to make alliances with compliant provincial officials. And as long as they cooperate with Rome, everything will be okay. I think all of them saw Jesus as a threat to their power. That's Lisa Fields of the Jude 3 Project. There were competing groups of priests in Jerusalem. Pharisees and Sadducees together made up the Jewish Supreme Court called the Sanhedrin. But they were rivals. The Pharisees, like Nicodemus, believed in the afterlife and had added a lot of traditions and rules to the original Torah. The Sadducees were strict fundamentalists who did not believe in life after death because it was not mentioned in the Torah. Sadducees were also upper-class elites, while the more popular Pharisees were blue-collar. They were the law keepers. They gave kind of the guide to how people should keep the law, and Jesus is challenging their mismanagement of power. And he comes and he challenges everybody's power structure. And I feel like they're all threatened by that. So they begin to play off of each other's fear of losing power. Clearly for folks like Pilate and the leaders of Jerusalem, uh, Jesus is not a special agent from God, but Jesus is a kingly wannabe, someone who wants to be king of the Jews. And so they, of course, consider that to be um, treason because the only way you get to be king of anybody in the Roman Empire is if the Romans appoint you. So if people understand you to be some sort of king, then, uh, then you're a problem, you're a threat, and you need to be taken care of. And, of course, that's why they crucified Jesus. 
Watching all of it will be Mary, the mother of Jesus, and a lot of other Marys. Jesus interacts with many women, especially in the Gospel of Luke, including prostitutes and widows, women who had little or no standing in society. In fact, the longest one-on-one -on -one conversation he has in the Bible is with a woman at a well, and she's a Samaritan woman at that. People misunderstand scripture when it comes to women. The appearance is that women are pushed aside. But my belief is, if you look at women in scripture, they're always the spiritual smarter ones. They were the first ones at the tomb. Neil Saavedra is talking about the tomb where Jesus was buried. They're the first ones to understand like really hardcore biblical principles while the men are still scratching themselves, you know, going around and I think this. And then the woman's like, nope, boom, she's got it. Mary was not only the mother of Jesus and his flesh and the importance of his manly structure here on earth. But man, she was a servant of God, and she makes that clear. Jesus's first recorded miracle is at a wedding where his mother tells him the party has run out of wine. And Jesus kind of pushes back a little bit, but Mary tells the servants to do whatever her son says. So Jesus directs them to some large water jars where they discover the water has been turned into the best wine of the whole wedding. It's one of the few stories mentioning Mary when Jesus is an adult. But the moment he does that miracle, that first miracle, it changes. Our relationships are going to change. And she knew it, and she, like a champ the whole time, was like, I'm in, I believe. And she was strong through something that I could not imagine. Why are you making me cry? Her faith and that of the other women is about to be tested to the limit on daytime television. Let me get, get what I want, I want. Let me get, get what I want, I want, what I want, what I want, baby, boom, 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 Welcome, everyone, to Good Day Judea. I'm your host, Abby Shalom. Today. We have a special treat for you who are in Jerusalem this week for Passover! That's right, I have brought, get ready for this, unleavened bread, not just for me, not just for you, not just for you, but for everybody! That's right, unleavened bread for you got some there. There's some unleavened bread. Well, that is a lots of matzah. Lots of matzah. Lots of matzah. That's fun to say, lots of matzah. You get a piece. Pass that over. Maybe that's why it's called Passover. Pass over the matzah. Huh? Lots of matzah. I'm going to have a little matzah. That's a lots of matzah. That is delicious. Is that not delicious? Okay. Good stuff, everybody. All right. We are here in Jerusalem for Passover. <clears throat> Hold on one second. I'm having a little problem with the matzah. <laughs> I'm having a big problem, but I got, yeah, um, we're going to have to stop for a second. I've got somebody get me something to drink, some wine, something. I'm about to lose my matzah. <laughs> Woo! Lots of matzah. That's fun to say. Okay, but get ready for something unexpected. Please welcome the women of Jesus. Let's bring out Mary, his mother, and Mary Magdalene. And Mary and Martha. Wow, there are a lot of Marys. 
Also, there are some other women, like the one cured after years of hemorrhaging. I, I know, I know. Also, the Samaritan woman he met as well. Yes, a Samaritan woman married seven times. And last but certainly not least, the adulteress he saved from stoning. Okay, okay, everyone, let's start with you, Mary. Yes? yes? Oh, <laughs> I mean, Mom. <laughs> Your son has created quite a stir, and now he's arrested. How do you feel? I feel terrified. I'm here to try to get the word out that he is not a criminal. In fact, he is quite the opposite. But I also trust the Lord. No matter what happens, I knew from the beginning that Jesus was going to be special. Yes, I remember you claiming you were a virgin and God is the Father. Yes. Still standing by that story? More than ever. Careful, Abby. Um, Martha, why? You're disrespecting the mother of our Lord. You and your sister Mary are good friends of Jesus, and you say he even raised your brother Lazarus from the dead. He did. He did, yes. Eh, maybe uh, Lazarus wasn't dead. Oh, he was dead, all right. In the tomb for a few days and starting to snap. <laughs> Abby, Jesus wept when he found out my brother Lazarus had died, and so he proved exactly who he was, exactly who he says he is by bringing him back to life. And he healed me from a hemorrhaging issue, which devastated my life for 12 years. I spent all my money on doctors who failed to heal me. 12 years of bleeding? The worst. The worst. How did you find Jesus? He was walking through my town. There was a huge crowd, and I thought if I could just get close to him and touch his cloak, I would be healed. So I, I kind of snuck in and managed to touch the hem of his clothing. I thought he wouldn't notice me. There were so many people around him, but he did. What happened? He turned and, and said, who touched me? And his disciples asked him, who do you mean? Because it was so crowded. I was so afraid. I, I was shaking, but I knew he meant me, so I threw myself on the ground before him and explained my situation. And? He said, Daughter, it is your faith that has healed you. Go home in peace and be free from your trouble. And as God is my witness, I stopped hemorrhaging that moment and have been healed since. Wow, that is an amazing story. You Samaritan girls. Oh, yeah, come on now. She's, she's my guest, please. Jesus had a very long conversation with you. What did he tell you? He told me a lot. We had a great conversation. We were both at Jacob's well on a very hot day. I couldn't believe that this famous rabbi would ask me for some water since I'm a Samaritan woman who's been married many, many times. But he seemed to know everything about me, which was weird. And he was thirsty. What did you do? I gave him some water. <laughs> but then he said something amazing. 
Jesus said he could provide me with water, which would never make me thirsty again. Living water. I asked him where I could find this, and he revealed to me that he is the Messiah, the Christ. What do you think? I think he is. Before we head to break, let's hear from one more of our panel, the adulteress. You should be dead. I made a terrible mistake, but... No, not a mistake. You should have been stoned to death under the law. I almost was. The men dragged me into the street and picked up stones, and I closed my eyes and prepared for the pain. But at that moment, I heard someone walk up to me, and I opened my eyes. It was Jesus. The men knew that Jesus would have to agree that I should die under the law, but they asked him what to do. I was terrified. I'm sure you were. What happened? He did not answer their question. Instead, he took a stick and wrote in the sand. What did he write? He wrote, Let you who is without sin cast the first stone. You who is without sin? But everyone has sinned. True, true. Which is why no one threw a stone. They all left. What did you do? I looked at Jesus. I didn't know what to do. He said, Where did they go? Did no one condemn you? Then I won't condemn you either. Now go, but do not sin again. He saved your life. He did. And he also gave me a second chance to change my life. Well, now that Jesus has been arrested, I think the question is, will he get a second chance? Back after this. Good morning. We are breaking into our regularly scheduled breaking news program with breaking live coverage of the trial of Jesus of Nazareth. The 33-year-old preacher was arrested around midnight at a garden just east of the city walls. He was first brought to the home of Annas, the son of the chief priest Caiaphas. Here's what happened just about an hour ago. Jesus of Nazareth, your teachings are blasphemy. Annas. Why do you seem so surprised? I've spoken openly in synagogues or at the temple. I said nothing in secret. Is this the way you answer the high priest? (gasps) If I said something wrong, testify as to what is wrong. But if I spoke the truth, why did you strike me? Tie his hands! Send him to my father. He has broken our laws. A disgrace. Back here in the newsroom again. That was just a short time ago. Now let's listen live as Jesus is brought before Caiaphas and the Council of Elders for a trial. Let's bring in another witness. Distinguished elders, I heard Jesus say he was going to destroy the temple in three days and it'll be rebuilt without human hands. Caiaphas, my fellow elders, Pharisees, and scribes, we have heard from so many witnesses here, but they contradict each other, saying he will destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. This is just talk. You don't kill a man for this. Nicodemus, you've been blinded by him. Jesus, if you really are the Messiah, tell us. Yes, yes, us. If I tell you, you will never believe me. If I ask you a question, you will not answer me. But from now on, 
the Son of Man will take his seat at the right hand of Almighty God. So you are the Son of God, then? Yes, Caiaphas. I am. Caiaphas, there you have it. No need to call any more witnesses. We have heard the blasphemy from his own lips. Doesn't he deserve to die? Crucify him! I spit on you, Jesus of Nazareth. Blindfold him. Cover his eyes. <laughs> now tell us who slapped you, oh Messiah. <laughs> An amazing and dramatic scene as the crowd begins to slap and spit on the suspect. Since only Rome can administer the death penalty, presumably Jesus' next stop will be at the home of the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate. We will update you as events warrant. After the break, an interview with Pliny the Elder, whose new book describes our great emperor Tiberius as, quote, the gloomiest of men. Jane Wells here. A quick note about Roman law. There was no such thing as life in prison and often no trial unless one was a Roman citizen who could appeal to Caesar. Crucifixion was a popular form of the death penalty, and it was a very slow and painful way to die. People who were nailed to crosses eventually suffocate as the weight of their bodies pulls them down and their arms and legs lose the strength to hold them up. It could take days to die. If you were lucky, a guard would break your legs to speed things up. Jesus is executed in the most awful way possible. And Neil Saavedra says no one is more detailed about the crucifixion than the writer of the Gospel of Luke, who was thought to be a doctor. You've got Luke painting a picture, the most descriptive picture of the crucifixion and Jesus' death. He talks about the separation of the water and the blood from the side when he's pierced. Some believe Jesus was not really dead when he was taken down from the cross, and that's why he appears alive later. But Saavedra points to a 1986 article in the Journal of the American Medical Association, which says that based on Luke's description of the crucifixion... If you just look at the Gospel of Luke and break down what he talked about on the cross, that there's no way that Jesus could have lived. The crucifixion is hours away, but right now... Where are the disciples? Hey, welcome to the Joseph Roganis Experience. Uh, we're brought to you today by Green Olympian. It's a plant-based supplement to get in shape for the summer games with two important vitamins. So you can look cool throwing that javelin like a half-freaking mile. Check them out in stall 38 at the Farmer's Market at the Forum every Tuesday. Also, Legal Doom, your source for go-to legal advice, especially if you're trying to create a way to shelter your taxes from Caesar. Don't tell them I sent you because I don't want to end up as tiger fodder in the arena. That's LegalDoom.com. And finally, Black Toga. You're a good-looking guy, but you have no idea how to wear a toga. I have no idea how to wear a toga. The guys at Black Toga make it easy so you'll look hot. Go to their website, look for the Joe Rogana special, buy your first toga, and the second one is free. Ka-ching! Today, we are talking to the so-called disciples of Jesus, or at least some of them. Uh, there were 12 total. Most have gone into hiding. 
Judas has apparently killed himself for betraying Jesus after he returned the money he got for ratting out his boss. Karma's a bitch. So, here we go. What the f*** is Joe Rogan is doing in here? We love you, Joe Rogan! Joe Rogan is in the house! Okay. Hello. With me are Jesus's two top lieutenants, uh, both fishermen from Galilee up north. One is John, uh, the son of Zebedee. Hey, John. Hey, Joe. The other is Simon, also known as Peter, uh, probably Jesus's biggest fan and uh, what? Uh, his biggest supporter. Who's that? Jesus. I don't know any Jesus. Peter. You don't know any Jesus. No, no, not Dude, me. everybody Jesus. saw you with him last you night. You got the wrong guy. I don't know who that is. But you clearly are from Galilee by your accent. Come on, man. You were with him. Shut the f*** up. Whoa. Take two steps Dude. back, man. I have no idea who this Jesus is, all right? Peter, Jesus said you would deny him three times. That's exactly what just happened. I don't know you. I don't know Jesus. I don't know what I'm doing here, and I am out of here. Well, that was awkward. He's uh, not himself. We're all pretty shaken up. So are all of you guys fishermen? Mm, no. Smoke a lot of weed? What? No. Uh, we come from various backgrounds, including Matthew, who is a former tax collector. Oh, what an asshole he must be. Actually, he's a great guy. He's totally turned his life around. And uh, where's Matthew right now? I don't know. Uh, right now, we're all pretty scared. Uh, first, Judas betrays us, and now Jesus is being beaten. Yeah, not looking good. Hey, what's the craziest thing you saw Jesus do? I, I don't know if it was crazy, but I've seen him perform many miracles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boring. Tell me something mind-blowing. Well, one time, we were out fishing on the lake, and this terrible wind comes up. I mean, really bad. We thought, this was it. We're going down. Anyhow, Jesus is on the shore, and we're screaming at him. I mean screaming. Rabbi, save us! And I'm not kidding. Jesus started walking toward the boat over the water. Jesus walked on water. He did. And we were so shocked that Peter, the guy who just left, Peter got out of the boat and started walking on water right toward Jesus. It was insane. Peter's kind of a jumpy guy, am I right? He's uh, passionate. Anyhow, typical Peter, once he realized he was actually walking on water. Oh, oh man, oh man. Hey, hey, Thomas, get me. I'm walking on <laughs> He fell into the water, and Jesus had to pull him out, and then the wind stopped. That, Joe was pretty, pretty, pretty good. So you think Jesus is uh, the real deal? Oh, of course I do. He is greater than Moses and Elijah. Okay, whoever they are, but you didn't see this arrest coming. Actually, Jesus told us he would be arrested and eventually killed, and on the third day will rise again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> Listen, John, hold on, because joining me on the line is my old friend, Herod Antipas. Harry, how are you? Never better, Joe. Never better. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, for those of you who don't know Harry, he is the son of Herod the Great. 
about the only son he didn't kill. (laughs) (laughs) Miss that guy. Hell of a dad. So, Harry, I hear Jesus was taken before Pilate, the Roman governor here, to be crucified. But once Pilate found out he was from Nazareth up in your area of the world, he shipped him over to you to decide what to do with him, since you already happened to be in Jerusalem for Passover. Yep. What did you think of him? Well, I was really looking forward to meeting Jesus. I was a big fan of his cousin, John the Baptist. May he rest in peace. (laughs) You beheaded John. Yeah, well, my wife hated him, and happy wife, happy life. (laughs) (laughs) My man. Had to kill him. I'd promise my stepdaughter up to half my kingdom if she'd dance for me. Oh, man. Salome. I'd give her all my kingdom. You know what I mean? <laughs> she is hot. Totally hot. Unbelievably hot. Anyhow, after she danced, she said she wanted John dead, and, you know, my hands were tied. She tied your hands? I'm speaking figuratively. Damn. In any case... I was really looking forward to meeting Jesus. I'd heard all the miracles he'd done, the signs he performed, but he gets here and he does nothing. I granted he's pretty beaten up by the time I see him. They'd really done a number on him at Pilate's Palace earlier, but he did nothing here. Zero. Zilch. Nada. Huge disappointment. So what now? I'm sending him back to Pilate. It'll just be cleaner if Rome kills him. You know, less political blowback for me. Totally get that. Okay, man, thanks for checking in. See you at the Orgy Friday. You bet, my friend. Ciao. (laughs) Well, friends, thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Big kiss. Mwah-mwah. On the final episode of Top Story Tonight, Jesus. Here is your king. Our king is Caesar. Jesus is now approaching Golgotha, the hill of crucifixion. Golgotha, meaning skull in Aramaic, I believe. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. <laughs> what, what, what is that? What is happening? A manhunt is now on for Jesus. Dead or alive? as local law enforcement fans out. Listen to the finale of the greatest story ever told, told in a whole new way. Thank you for listening to this episode of Top Story Tonight, Jesus. This podcast is written and produced by me, Jane Wells, with support from producers John Lockhart, Robert Purcell, Deborah Vogel, and Justin Warsham, executive producers Jeff Abraham, Dean Chamberlain, and Therese Tucker, Final cut and sound mixing by Candace Goldman. Today's cast includes Heidi Quatt, Sharon Bellio, Sean Taylor Corbett, Charles Hubble, Chris Welton, Gina Sanchez, Carolina Keach, Tim Asall, Ramona Floyd, Grace Sue, Shannon Farron, John Beard, Larry Morgan, Tom Flynn, Imari Williams, Gary Hoffman, and Jason Grazel as Jesus. Once again, thank you as always to Lisa Fields, Neil Saavedra, and Warren Carter. And today's Kickstarter shout-outs go to Michael McCarthy, Jeff Abraham, Michelle Cube Kelly, Marianne Cintron, Diane Schrader, Barry Johnson, Nicholas D'Augusto, Joe Markham, and Eric Wells. Please rate and review and share the podcast. It really helps. And email me anytime at topstorytonightpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time. Jesus Christ, who are you?
What have you sacrificed? 